Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. On the Mojo 5 radio network and streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. The website is jimdawes.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. You can contact me at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. And you can leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. You know, there's a phenomena in history, and it's been well documented. You can uh, search it online if you want to. And it's uh, mass hysteria or mass psychosis, and these things have gone on Throughout history, or recorded history at least, um, there are several examples in the you know uh, the uh, the Salem witch trials, for instance, um, a dancing plague in the 1500s, where you know people would uh, supposedly involuntarily start dancing for no reason. Um, there's been outbreaks in the uh, 1800s of uh, screaming and squirming in a trance-induced uh, state in a nunnery in uh, Germany. There's been a, a great fear, uh, the panic that caused the French Revolution. There have been uh, throughout history, as recently you know as the uh, satanic panic back in the 80s, where. Uh, prosecutors were sending uh, people to jail for supposedly committing um, satanic rituals at uh, pre-day uh, uh, schools, pre, uh, pre-kindergarten day schools. There's, uh, it, it, it goes on and on. And what we're seeing right now is the Democrats are suffering from a mass psychosis. There is no doubt about it. Now, this is, you know, sort of a, politically convenient, politically motivated mass psychosis, but it is a mass psychosis nonetheless. They're trying to make you believe that there has been a huge outbreak of uh, white nationalism and that white nationalists are shooting people down in the streets. In today's New York Times, for instance, there's not one but two columns. One is disguised as news analysis and the other is a strictly opinion piece. The news analysis is a strictly opinion piece, too, but uh, they're, they're not labeling it as such. Asking the question uh, and making the analogies of the current state of white nationalism in the United States to ISIS and making the argument 
that uh, the rise of white nationalism because of this uh, shooting in El Paso is every bit as dangerous and equal to the rise of Al-Qaeda and ISIS. And I'm not exaggerating. Uh, Morning Joe went on there to uh, to make the argument uh, after reading this piece on the air of one of the major cable news networks that uh, white nationalism is just as bad and just as great a threat to this country as ISIS. Yeah, what you're describing is, of course, what ISIS was when ISIS was expanding in 2013, 2014. And the United States government ignored ISIS, called it a regional threat. Uh, And it wasn't until the government... Actually, it wasn't the United States government. It was Barack Obama who said they were the B team. And you'll hear later on in this clip that he uh, that uh, Joe Scarborough tries to minimize the fact that Donald Trump, in one of his first acts on taking office, instructed the military to eradicate ISIS, and they did so in fairly short order. And the United States government ignored ISIS, called it a regional threat. Uh, and it wasn't yeah. until the government focused on stamping out ISIS that they were finally able to do that, starting really in earnest in 2015, 2016. Uh, so a lot of Americans asking, why right. can't we do the same thing now with this sort of hatred? <laughs> oh, my God. So Joe Scarborough wants us to take on ISIS like Donald Trump took or uh, take on uh, white nationalism like Donald Trump took on ISIS in 2016. That 2015 reference was thrown in there to give some cover to his boy, Barack Obama, who was totally ineffectual and purposely so in uh, eliminating ISIS. But apparently Joe Scarborough would have... um, the U.S. military bomb American strongholds of white nationalism. I'm not sure exactly where they would be. One would suppose they would, according to the worldview of uh, Morning Joe and the New York Times, be somewhere in the backwoods of Mississippi and Arkansas, and they would uh, they would call in airstrikes like uh, Donald Trump did in 2016 to do away with ISIS. As a matter of fact. In, uh, in that so-called news analysis in the New York Times where they compared white nationalism to ISIS, there was a photograph of Raqqa in Syria, the, the home of the ISIS caliphate, after it had been bombed out by the American military to you know eliminate the caliphate. So the clear implication is that the New York Times and the people on the left think this threat that is almost entirely non-existent of white nationalism, this resurgent white nationalism in this country, deserves a military response up and including airstrikes. And Morning Joe had a guest on his show that um, is apparently an analyst in this area and he didn't entirely rule that out. He just said, well, we've got this little thing called the Constitution to get around. Does anybody think it made any sense that someone's able to walk into a gun store? Oh, that's uh, that's not. Here we go. 
you, you, you can and you can't. When you're dealing with ISIS, when you're dealing with a foreign threat because of the laws post 9-11, government has a lot more flexibility. The FBI has a lot more tools in its arsenal to be able to go after foreign threats as opposed uh, to domestic threats. And so sometimes these, these debates get a little uh, too simplified. This is like a big problem. That's a big problem. we got to figure out how to get around this Constitution. Well, that ought not to be a problem for the Democrats. They regularly call for censorship and disarming American uh, American citizens. The Constitution is uh, is something that you know they don't uh, pay a lot of attention to, unless of course they can twist it to to uh, somehow protect abortion. But it truly has reached the point of mass hysteria, and all you have to do is dip your toe into the naval, uh, the cable news networks or the networks for that matter, the news coverage to realize just how unhinged they've become in trying to paint this president as some sort of leader, some sort of crypto clansman that is leading a resurgence of white nationalism that is going to, um, uh, result in some sort of civil war where you have to call in airstrikes. A president who made his career politically on demonizing Mexicans, and now we're seeing reports that the shooter yesterday had his goal as killing as many Mexicans as possible. Uh, you don't have to use a lot of imagination to connect the dots here. All of the evidence out there uh, suggests that we have a president who is a racist, who is a xenophobe, uh, who appeals and is trying to appeal to white nationalism. We have a president of the United States who uses the microphone which is probably one of the most powerful tools in the hand of the President of the United States, and uses that microphone in a way that is about sowing hate and division in our country. He is not only egging on white supremacy and white nationalism, but he is one himself. I believe that the President is fostering, fostering hate in this country. The manifesto that apparently this uh, shooter wrote that says that uh, Hispanics are taking over the state of Texas and changing the country. This echoes uh, the kind of language that our president um, encourages. Donald Trump is responsible for this. So it's not the Democrats who have uh, insisted on not securing the southern border that has allowed over a million uh, foreign nationals to flood into the country Every year, it is Donald Trump calling attention to the fact that our southern border is totally out of control. He's the one responsible, you see. And any notice of the fact that, uh, you know, we've we're got these huge numbers, and yes, it is an invasion. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is an invasion. They hate that word. But there is no other word that accurately describes what's going on. It's an invasion. The American people uh, are having their laws violated. They're being uh, called on to support um, these huge millions of people that are coming into the country illegally with their tax dollars. So, yeah, the the term invasion is the right term. Uh, it, it really, nothing else adequately describes that words have meaning, and that's exactly what's going on down there. But the fact that this president is calling out the reality is what's going on is, by definition, with the Democrats and their mouthpieces in the media, 
some sort of call to white nationalism. And um, and Beto O'Rourke is going on telling uh, the president of the United States because of the way the Democrats have mischaracterized him and smeared him that he is not allowed to come to El Paso to express sympathy for the victims there. So get your mind around that. You have been banished because we have characterized you as being responsible for a shooter who was, by all accounts, if you were to believe this uh, manifesto, and there is starting to be some doubt that uh, this was, in fact, written by the shooter. This Marxist manifesto that is virulently racist, I don't know why the shooter isn't as tied to his political beliefs, which are more in keeping with um, with Bernie and Elizabeth Sander or Elizabeth Warren and many others in the Democrat field than with Donald Trump. But Beto O'Rourke says that Donald Trump is not welcome. The president of the United States is not welcome in El Paso. I, I would prefer that the president not come to El Paso. Uh, this is not just my preference. I, I've been listening to people. Importantly, I've been listening to the victims and, and their families. Um, I had a, a, a woman who came up to me. We were in the elevator together um, at University Medical And this goes on and on. You know, Beto O'Rourke is trying desperately to revive his his uh, moribund presidential campaign by, you know, being the most strident and the most dishonest Democrat to accuse Donald Trump of being a white nationalist and a racist. And Stephanie Rule over at MSNBC actually took note that, hey, maybe this thing is working for for Beto. Maria Beto has said he is running in the name of decency and democracy. As bad as this may sound... Could this moment be a chance for Beto to gain some momentum? <laughs> well, as bad as it may sound, maybe this thing is working for Beto. Maybe he's getting up off the uh, the canvas and uh, and uh, starting to curry favor with the Democrat base by being more strident and more unhinged in his accusations against the President of the United States. You got Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris out there that are actually sending out fundraising appeals. You don't have to look far. You can go on to Twitter and see them saying you need to send them money so that they can stop the white nationalists in the White House. Now, let me be clear. Donald Trump was in the public eye for, what, 55 years before he ran for president of the United States? There's nothing in his past. There is no documented instance that you could characterize Donald Trump as a white nationalist. All of this, all of it, has been ginned up by the Democrats in order to gain politically. So they don't mind tearing the country apart and convincing people that they're, or trying to convince people, that the President of the United States is somehow some sort of virulent racist if it serves their political ends. And it doesn't matter how how often or how forcefully or how plainly the president repudiates racism and uh, white supremacy and calls for the nation to heal 
and come together as one people under one flag with one common destiny. Because, you see, the president wants to secure the border and the people coming over that border are black and brown people, as they like to say. Well, the president, in their worldview, this cultural Marxist worldview, is by definition a racist. And any any statements to the contrary, according to Julian Castro, are just not to be believed. Uh, Now, I don't doubt that in some of these instances the person had an issue with mental health, although I do believe that the bigger driver of these types of incidents uh, that we've seen over the last couple of years has been white supremacy, an ideology that has been fostered by this president. Uh, You know, this president wants to talk about mental health. He wants to talk about video games, other things, doesn't want to talk about uh, the fact that we need common sense gun safety legislation. And he never talks in genuine terms about the scourge of white supremacist ideology. He mouths the words. He did that today. But you could tell just watching him that he didn't mean it. Because there is no scourge of white supremacy and white nationalism. You're talking about a very tiny group of people that that, uh, are on the fringes of society every now and then. You know, you've got uh, this... I don't even think that the uh, the El Paso shooter really fits neatly in their definition because despite the fact that he was a virulent racist, he was a, a Marxist. He was a Bernie bro. He believed in environmental extremism. He believed in uh, guaranteed minimum income. He was against corporations. He thought America was imperialistic. If anything, uh, the, the left ought to have to be answering for this guy. How, how is it that uh, somebody that shares your political worldview turned into such a virulent racist? And they, they tried at first to um, characterize the Dayton shooting as a, a white supremacist or a white nationalist, but that uh, quickly fell apart when people started looking at his social media post and found out that in fact he was a full-fledged Bernie bro just like James T. Hodgkinson and uh, even CNN although they haven't gone on their air and said it yet actually published a, an article which is probably the the most low-key thing they can do and actually maintain any sort of semblance of credibility that yes the Dayton shooter was in fact a Democrat socialist account contained extreme uh, left-wing posts. Uh, it was anti-police, pro-Antifa retweets that included as well. In the bio line, it actually had the phrase, I'm, I'm quoting this, I'm going to hell and I'm not coming back. Uh, this new information is coming as we continue to hear from some of the gunmen's former high school mates who say that they were told by school officials uh, nearly a decade ago that they were on a, not only a hate, but also a rape list. Uh, and also, though, law enforcement sources saying that they did look at the shooter's home and they recovered what are being described as writings however they say that based on those writings at this point in time it doesn't seem that this uh, that the atrocity that happened here was not either politically or racially motivated. oh so you know if he if he expresses these left-wing views well that wasn't uh, it wasn't politically motivated and who knows maybe it wasn't 
But the same exact thing can be said for the shooting in El Paso. Yes, this guy was uh, virulently racist. He was, uh, he was opposed to the invasion of illegal aliens coming into this country. But he was not a Republican. He was not a conservative. He was not politically aligned with the president of the United States in any way, shape, or form. And yet, that's how they're characterizing it. And the reason they're able to do this, of course, is because they've got almost complete and total control over the uh, over the media, you got Cory Booker out there, who you know <laughs> he's trying to keep up with Beto and the the mean little uh, mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and he's uh, he's claiming that uh, Trump ought to have to cancel all of his rallies. They ought to all be canceled. He's got a he's got a rally scheduled for next week. And Cory Booker is demanding that that Manchester rally be canceled because he says that these rallies are a breeding ground of racism and bigotry and that they inspire these white nationalist attacks. If you ever watch one of these rallies, you know that all of that is false, that these people that are attending these rallies are salt of the earth. They're, they're working people. They're... Um, people that pay their taxes, obey the law, raise their children, man the armed forces. They are people that are white, black, Hispanic, Asian. They are nationalists, American nationalists that believe that we should put America first. And I, I suspect that a lot of the funding of, uh, of this narrative that's being put out by the so-called papers of record of the Washington Post and the New York Times that is trying desperately to defeat Trump in 2020 at, at all costs is because uh, they're, they're the globalists, they're the establishment, they're the people whose, uh, whose whole uh, world has been uh, upturned by this president. Cory Booker says these rallies are despicable and they have no place in New Hampshire or anywhere in our country. And that's why Trump must cancel this rally. Mass psychosis, ladies and gentlemen. The president hasn't said anything that has prompted any of this. Wanting to secure the border of a, of, of a nation is not being a white nationalist. Joe Biden, for his part, he um, he's now figured out where these shootings happened. They weren't in Houston and they weren't in Michigan. They were in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. And he's finally figured that out. And they've woke him from his slumber long enough for him to say that the solution to all of this is to uh, confiscate weapons. Does anybody think it made any sense that someone's able to walk into a gun store, buy an assault weapon, that has multiple rounds or buy an assault weapon that has a hundred rounds, even though it may not, you can't point to the fact that it in fact had stopped it before. Do you want more of them on the street? Do we want to do that? So to, to, to gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo. You're right. If you have an assault weapon. Okay. So 
Joe Biden has now let you know in no uncertain terms that if you have an assault weapon, which is basically a semi-automatic rifle that, you know, uh, looks the same as uh, the military version of it, it's not any more deadly or any less deadly. Joe Biden is going to just blow that Second Amendment to, uh, you know, push that aside. And he's coming after your guns. Bingo. Do we want to do that? So to to gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo. You're right if you have an assault weapon. Hmm. So Joe Biden made quite a evolution in a very short period of time. Went from being a moderate, uh, you know, law and order, blue dog Democrat to being uh, somebody who wants to actually do gun confiscation in this country, not by amending the Constitution or, you know, any, any sort of legal means. He just wants to, uh, to violate the Constitution and take your weapons away. I wonder how that's going to play for him in 2020. It might get him the nomination, but it will definitely lose him the general election. All, every one of these candidates all sucked up and kissed the butt of Al Sharpton, who was an actual racist, who has had people killed due to his racial incitement. We'll cover that end of this, this topic when we come back from these messages. Stick with us for two messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. If you have thyroid eye disease and the bags under your eyes are looking more like purses, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit treatmyted.com. That's treatmyted.com. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. So the President of the United States and the Republicans who have never, um, you know, advocated for any of this um, violence are supposed to wear this around their neck. And the mainstream media insists that the President of the United States is a crypto white nationalist, despite all evidence to the contrary. But the Democrats, for their part, apparently have no responsibility for Antifa at all. They don't have to disavow it. They don't have to call it out. They don't have to express any sort of disapproval whatsoever. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have not been called upon to disavow the Dayton shooter, who was a declared supporter of theirs and, and their Marxist ideologies. All of that's just ignored. And just recently, 
outside uh, Mitch McConnell's home, the Senate Majority Leader, you had a uh, a, a left wing protest take place, where one of the protesters was caught on on um, video urging the murder of Mitch McConnell. You want to make it down there a little bit further? Yeah. I don't want to get shot, though. I don't either. <laughs> Shit. But I'm thinking we good. I wish a motherfucker would tackle me. I'm worried about it. I am not trying to break my shoulder like Mitch. I wouldn't have that whole thing. Surgery for what was his is. His tongue or some shit. Right. This bitch got beat up by his neighbor. Nah, I can't see oh, nothing this way. Somebody out there with some booty dolls in these motherfuckers. That's what I'm hoping. What? Hopefully some motherfucker out there with some booty dolls in these bitches. Yeah, you know somebody is. That's probably what it is. Just stab the motherfucker in the heart, please. Well, I'm probably going to have to bleep all of that out. I didn't listen uh, to that uh, clip before I played it for you, and uh, it's it's uh, almost completely un um, unbearable. But what uh, what they said there, I'll uh, I'll paraphrase it for you so that I don't have to um, play it on air. Is we ought to just stab the mf'er in the heart. Nobody's calling for uh, the Democrats to disavow that. This is uh, someone who had a photograph taken with Elizabeth Warren. You imagine if some Republicans were outside, oh, let's say uh, Chuck Schumer's home, and one of them had been on tape saying, let's go up there and stab the MFR in the heart. That would be front page news for two, maybe three days. Because it's the Democrats. Oh, well, you know, on to the next story. As important of the way they cover a story is what they choose not to cover. And they don't cover any of what's going on on the violent left wing of this this uh, country. And recently, uh, Al Sharpton had his uh, so-called National Action Network conference in um, in Washington. And one after another, the Democrat presidential candidates came up there to speak and share the podium with Al Sharpton and promise and declare their support for reparations. We've got to give reparations. We've got to take money from white people who never hold, held slaves to, and give it to black people who never were slaves for something that had happened over 150 years ago and that this country paid 600,000 lives in order to end. But Beto O'Rourke never missing an opportunity to grovel before uh, the hate whitey crowd came before uh, Sharpton and promised that uh, he would do just that. Your fellow Texan, Sheila Jackson Lee, has proposed a commission to study reparations. If that passes and you are president of the United States, would you sign that bill? Yes. I, I had a chance to, to speak with and just listen to and learn from Brian Stevenson. I can't listen to that guy. But uh, one after another, the presidential candidates, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, all came up there and shared the stage with Al Sharpton, and he asked them all that same question, and each and every one of them all agreed 
that reparations is the road we ought to go down. So putting aside for a second this whole issue of reparations, which uh, only have about 20% support in this country, let's, uh, let's think about uh, the, the optics of these Democrat presidential candidates sharing a stage with Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton's probably the leading uh, race um, agitator in our lifetimes. He has been responsible for Tawana Brawley, for the um, the Crown Heights Brooklyn murder. He was pro- uh, responsible for the six or seven people losing their lives at Freddy's Fashion Mart. He's done his best to whip up uh, racial tensions in uh, in Sanford, Florida, the Trayvon Martin case, and in uh, Ferguson, Missouri. Every place there has been racial divisions to exploit and and uh, exacerbate Al Sharpton has shown up. And all of these presidential candidates on the Democrat side have kissed Al Sharpton's butt. And now they want to turn around and call the president of the United States, who has no history of any of this sort of thing, a white nationalist and some sort of crypto Klansman. And if you think I'm exaggerating about Al Sharpton, here's just a a clip. I could play a dozen of them of Al Sharpton back in his heyday, which hasn't been that long ago, in the 90s, calling for the murder of um, what he called pigs. Did you notice the laughter there when he said that out in the audience? I ain't seen you off no pigs. What I believe in, I do. I believe off from the pig. Well, they got pigs out here. You ain't off one of them. <laughs> what I believe in, I do. Do what you believe in. Right. Do what you believe in. What I believe in, I do. Do what you believe in. Believe in. Right. Oh, shut up and admit you've lost your courage and your guts to stand up. Right. That is exactly the sort of racial incitement that Al Sharpton um, practiced that led to, his name is Yankel Rosenbaum, who was murdered in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, and uh, and those six people that were uh, murdered at the Freddy's Fashion Mart riots. And now these people that are kissing this guy's butt want to lecture us on racial justice and um, racism. I'm not playing that game. I don't know many people that will. Stand by for a brief commercial message. We now know that Google and YouTube aren't just silencing conservatives online. They're also manipulating their algorithms to interfere in the 2020 election. Meanwhile, Big mobile companies are taking the proceeds from your mobile phone bill and funding leftist candidates and causes. This includes promoting illegal immigration, abortion, and gun control. You've got only one way to preserve the Constitution and the values that made this country great. 
And that's by sticking together. This means supporting each other's causes and companies. Leading the charge in this effort is veteran-led Patriot Mobile. With unlimited plans starting as low as $25 a month, you get the same crystal clear nationwide service with a portion of your bill going to support the causes you believe in. Come on over to PatriotMobile.com today. Switching is easy and you'll get a free month service when you use the promo code. Come on over. You do have a choice. Come on over today. PatriotMobile.com. That's PatriotMobile.com. Promo code. Come on over. So the owner of the 8chan website uh, where the El Paso shooter was has been widely reported, almost universally reported, to have posted his so-called manifesto. The owner of the HN site is named Jim Watkins. He has stated without equivocation that this manifesto that's been posted was not posted by the El Paso shooter. He says he does not know whether this manifesto was written by the El Paso shooter or not. But he does know for a fact that it was not posted on his 8chan message board by the El Paso shooter. And he says it was originally posted on Instagram. And there's no word of whether or not it was posted on Instagram either before or after this shooting. But he says that apparently it was um, it was copied from Instagram and then posted on 8chan. And this is very similar to what they did to Gab in the aftermath of the uh, shooting in Pittsburgh at the Synagogue of Life. They uh, they banished Gab from their um, web hosting company. They made it impossible for them to take any payments. And they had their... Um, they basically just shut down the company. They had their applications removed from from um, the iPhone store, Apple store, and the uh, the Android Android Google Play store. And they they basically shut down Gab. Now Gab has uh, has made a resurgence, and really they're better than ever. But they they did uh, they shut down Gab by blaming this uh, this Tree of Life attack on Gab because the shooter had posted on that website. What they didn't tell you and what they ignore entirely was that uh, many of these shooters have also posted on Facebook and Twitter. They do so regularly and, uh, and they haven't been banished from those. They weren't banished from those platforms either. So they're basically just using the occasion of these, these terrible events to squash the competition. And if HN has to be taken off the air for this uh, manifesto appearing on their bulletin board, then why doesn't Instagram also have to be taken down as well? Because this manifesto appeared on Instagram before it appeared on HN. And oh, by the way, nobody even knows for sure yet whether or not this uh, this El Paso shooter posted this manifesto. <laughs> and if it's not, we've got a, a, a lot to learn here about, um, about, you know, exactly who this shooter was and what motivated him. He might turn out to be another Bernie bro, just like the, the Dayton shooter. 
Well, we're entering into a, a, a new phase in the um, the trade war. I hate to use that term, but I guess at this point it has escalated to the point where it's an actual trade war with China, with the president saying that uh, because China has walked away from the table and there is no longer to make it, willing to make any concessions, what they want to do is wait until the next president comes into office. The president is going to follow through on his earlier promises to uh, impose tariffs on all goods coming into America from China. I think he's got a 25% tariff on about, um, there, there's a total of about $500 billion, give or take several billion, $500 billion of um, Chinese exports come into the United States. Right now, He's applying 25% tariffs on about $150 billion of that 500, and he's applying 10% tariffs on the remaining. And at the end of September, if they haven't come back to the table and made these committed to these concessions that they, they actually made in a previous round of negotiations, that the president is basically going to tax or tariff all of their imports into the United States at 25%. And this is just causing the globalists to melt down. They just insist that uh, American consumers are going to pay for this and the president is wrong for doing it, completely ignoring the history of uh, the abuses of uh, trade that China has engaged in, purposely attacking whole sectors of the American economy and destroying all of those uh, millions of jobs associated with those sectors, stealing our intellectual property, and challenging us militarily in the, uh, in the South China Sea. So at long last, just like on the issue of immigration, we've got a president that's willing to step up and do what previous presidents have not been willing to uh, challenge the status quo and in, uh, in the entrenched interests in Washington. And he's taken on China, and, uh, and they are absolutely losing their minds because they want access to the, those Chinese markets. They don't care how much damage it does to Main Street USA. They don't care how many jobs are lost or how much um, uh, wealth is bled out of this country, as long as the money changers on Wall Street can continue to get their percentage, they will fund these uh, these think tanks that will tell you that it is going to be disastrous to the American economy to reform our trade relationship with China. I, I continue to argue, and this is not the president's position, that we ought to end all trade with China. We didn't engage in a trading relationship with the Soviet Union during the Cold War, and we shouldn't be engaged in this level of trade with China that is run by a communist dictatorship. So they will continue to tell you that, um, you know, these... Uh, these tariffs will ultimately be paid by the American consumer. What they won't tell you is it doesn't work that way anymore. We There are so many different manufacturers and, and producers and exporters, I should say, uh, competing for the um, 
American consumer dollar that China cannot afford to pass on the increase in costs to the American consumer because another uh, country or, or a domestic manufacturer will take away that market share. And the president noted that the cost is not being passed on to the American consumer. No, 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 no. It's September 1. Uh, the reason is it takes a long time for the ships to come over, and it's a period of time. So I'm giving a four, like a four-week period of time before the tariffs go on. But we're now taking in tariffs on 10% on over $300 billion and 25% on $250 billion. And it's been proven that our people are not paying for those tariffs. It's been proven. The data shows uh, those costs are not being passed on the American consumer. China cannot afford to lose that market uh, share. And what they're trying to do is manipulate their currency right now in order to continue to hold on to that market share. But the uh, president has uh, declared that they are currency manipulators, and he's addressing that as well. Over on Fox News, little Shepard Smith is absolutely melting down, denying the reality of what's going on. They talked about tariffs. The president says we've taxed China on all of this tariff. There's been no inflation. He says it costs China. Until there's a deal, we'll be taxing China. Newsflash, this is not a tax on China. Tariffs are paid by the consumer. China pays it, passes it along to the importer. The importer passes it along to the distributor. The distributor passes it along to the retail outlet. And the retail outlet passes it along to you. When there are tariffs, they are taxes. And when they're taxes, you pay them. And anyone who says otherwise is not telling the truth. So that's what passes as hard news in the daytime blocks over at Fox News Channel. You got a guy that's uh, uh, basically just uh, stating his opinion. He's stating it in a, in a very opinionated way, telling anybody that disagrees with him is lying to you. When reality is that uh, we have imposed these these tariffs, China has eaten them. They're getting prepared to eat even more of them by manipulating their currency in order in an effort to try to hold on to market share. But little uh, Shepard Smith is just a dumbass when it comes to this. He does not understand that if China raises its rates, then people don't have to buy Chinese products. They'll just buy Korean products or American-made products or products from Vietnam. China is a major player in the export market, but they're not the only player. They've got plenty of competition that are waiting for them to have to raise their prices so that they can force them out of, of that segment. Peter Navarro appeared on that same Fox News channel and tried to make this argument, and Chris Wallace wasn't, uh, wasn't allowing it. Importers pay the tariffs when American importers pay the tariffs when Chinese imports into this country go through customs. They pay the tariffs, and sometimes they pass them on to American consumers. True. False, Chris. What we've seen clearly is that China has strategically gamed the tariffs by slashing their prices and by devaluing their currency. Since the tariffs were put in place uh, back in 2018, 
the Chinese yuan fell by almost 10%. So they have offset virtually all of these tariffs, and the consumers are not seeing any price hikes uh, in any uh, significant way, and it's not showing up in the data. We have core inflation at 1.5 percent, well below the Fed target. So uh, answer to that is false. We could have a bigger question about whether tariffs in general might uh, cause rising consumer prices, but not in this case. And you notice the people cheered when the president said, get tough on China. I'm looking at Capitol Hill right there. It's one of the few things uh, we have a bipartisan consensus on, sir. Well, this is not terribly complicated. The, the, the establishment talking heads, Chris Wallace and Shepard Smith, can't seem to, seem to wrap their mind around it. But the point of the matter is China is not the only supplier of these goods. If they were and we impose these tariffs, tariffs, then yes, maybe the cost would be passed on the, to the consumer. But they are just one of many players in the American consumer market. And American consumers have other choices besides Chinese-made products. And let's just say for argument that, in fact, some of that price was being passed on to American consumers. Let's say that it was 5%. It would certainly be worth paying an additional 5% for these goods for the American consumer to bring back these jobs from China, to keep China from stealing up to $500 billion worth of intellectual property from the United States each and every year. I mean, if we're not willing to pay uh, you know, for our own national security and our own future prosperity then why don't we just uh, uh, wave the white flag and surrender to the communist Chinese dictators? Chris Wallace went on to badger uh, Navarro because he didn't like what he was saying. Has been a hardliner on China for a long time. Let me get back. If He's I'm not the only Democrat. Let, I, though, I understand. Chris. Let me get and back he, if I can to this sure. question of prices because, you know, I don't know who it was. I guess it was Patrick Moynihan who said everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Sure. They're not entitled to their own facts. And again, show the, ex- me the facts. I, all right. Well, I you thought I had. Show me press releases. I'm, I'm, and you uh, show me predictions that haven't been okay. true since we put tariffs Maybe. in place. Would you give me a chance sure. to show you? Okay. Fed Chairman Jay Powell said 26 times on Wednesday that one of the reasons that he was cutting interest rates, 26 times he said, is because of our trade difficulties with China. Here he is. We also feel like weak global growth and trade tensions are having an effect on the U.S. economy. You see it now in the second quarter. You see weak investment. You see weak manufacturing. Goldman Sachs reported in May the costs of U.S. tariffs have fallen entirely on U.S. businesses and households with no clear reduction in the prices charged by Chinese exporters. And here's your... Here's you your give st- me a chance here to respond. I, I, I am. I mean, I'm trying... Let, I, let wait a minute. Let, the Fed out I understand why you wouldn't want to interrupt. Out. Let me simply put up the number. Sure. Put, up, put that up again, please, Robin. Thank you. Look at this chart from the Trump Labor Department. That shaded area is the period of time since the president in early 2018 started imposing tariffs. The yellow line shows that the consumer price of tariff goods has risen dramatically. Dramatically, he says, it's a 3% increase, which is totally in line with the, uh, the, the rest of uh, inflation. So any increase, if there has been any, and there's, it's not clear at all that it, there has been, has been minuscule compared to what the stakes are from uh, uh, 
continuing to allow the communist Chinese to abuse our trade relationships, steal our intellectual property, and challenge us on the, uh, in militarily. Since the president started imposing them, the blue line, which is non-tariff goods, the cost of them has fallen. That's the Trump Labor Department, so, Peter, saying on a macro and micro level that tariffs cause consumer prices to rise. It's almost as if Shepard Smith and Chris Wallace over there at Fox News Channel were reading out of the same hymnal. So let's take them one at a time and do me the courtesy of not interrupting me. Let's start with the Federal Reserve. I find it ironic that Jay Powell, the Fed, would come on and blame trade tensions when, in fact, Jay Powell is singularly responsible for losing at least a point of growth on our GDP by raising interest rates by 100 basis points and engaging in what's called quantitative tightening. So what uh, Navarro is pointing out right there is that uh, all of these citations that Chris Wallace are making are, in fact, the globalists that benefit from offshoring our manufacturing through their, uh, their pursuit of cheap labor. They're the same people who, who want, uh, you know, these continued globalist policies because the truth of the matter is the money changers on Wall Street are benefiting greatly. Navarro goes on to school, Chris Wallace, on this, though. Chris, if you and I were sitting here over a year ago when the tariffs were put in place, you'd be saying the exact same things, quoting the exact same people. These people who are putting out this information are the same multinational corporations that have shipped off our jobs to China. We've lost over 70,000 factories to China, over 5 million manufacturing jobs. I'm just telling you, we're not seeing this in the data. China, they'll value their currency over the, over, since we put the tariffs in place by almost 10%. We're talking about putting 10% tariffs on a remaining $300 billion of goods. We're just getting back to where we were before China started manipulating their currency. So you're so saying that the tax foundation, that the consumer, uh, the, uh, consumer Technology Association are lying? I'm saying that they said the same kinds of things. These same groups said the same kinds of things when the tariffs began. We're just not seeing it, Chris. But you do raise a good point. Let's suppose that their arguments are right. What are we willing to pay for the Chinese to stop hacking our computers to steal our trade secrets? What are we willing to pay for the have stopping stealing our intellectual property, forcing technology transfer? And I tell you the reason, there's a number of reasons why the president decided to take the action he did. Uh, he has always had the door open to negotiations, but when we don't see reasonable progress, when they renege on the deal, and when they don't keep their promises, they promised, they promised, Chris, to stop putting fentanyl in our communities. By the end of this week, over a thousand people are going to die from made in China fentanyl. The president says that's not acceptable. The president says that China can't keep taking this apart. And yes, he's taken swift and decisive actions. Hasn't seen any in terms of consumer price impacts. And guess what? The people are behind him. And it's long since overdue. It should have been done years ago, just like uh, addressing this crisis down on the border. We've finally got a president that's doing it. The, the multinational corporations and the globalists are doing everything they can to destroy him. Thanks for joining us, and come back here tomorrow for Right Now with Jim Dawes. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. 
Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.